0: Girl, stop Apologizing is out in the world, you guys. I know. I can't believe it any more than you can, but it's true. This book baby of mine is finally here. So if you have a desire in your heart, but you're worried about what other people will think of you for trying to chase after it, this is the book for you. It is the most tangible and I hope motivational advice I've ever written down and it's available today anywhere books are sold. And if you like it when I talk to you just like this, then you're going to love the audio version. Girl, stop apologizing. Go grab it right now. Do it. Hey, guys. Today on The Rise Podcast, I am talking to my friend, Nick Santanastasso, who is a model A bodybuilder, a YouTuber, and if that wasn't impressive enough, also a really sought after motivational speaker. All of this is incredible, but even more so when you know that Nick is one of only four people alive living with a rare genetic disorder that means he has one arm. And if you have ever felt like you can't do something, if you have ever felt like you are limited in any way, Nick is going to shut you up because he is the most on fire, motivated, incredible man that I've had the pleasure of meeting in the last few years. And I know that you're going to love him as much as I do. If you dig today's episode, you better get ready because Nick is one of our featured speakers at Health Day at this year's Rise. And both in Minneapolis and in Dallas, you can still grab tickets. So if you want to hear about perspective on body image, from one of the foremost speakers. You want to make sure and grab your tickets to Rise. Welcome to the Rise podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll be sharing tangible, direct advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. Hello, Nick. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. I'm I'm happy to be here.
0: <laughs> I'm happy to have you. You are uh you're joining us from Hawaii, so I'm super jealous right now.
1: Yeah, it's it's six in the morning here, but um we're we're making it happen. So <laughs> yeah. last day here, making some magic happen.
0: Good. Um, so for um, listeners who aren't already familiar with you, will you tell us about yourself? Tell us all the things.
1: Yeah, all the things. So I'm Nick D'Estasso and uh you know currently I am a bodybuilder, a model, um, global motivational speaker, and um, just a goofball, but um, I was born with Hanhart syndrome, and what that, is, what that is is a super rare genetic disorder that either leaves the babies with undeveloped limbs or undeveloped organs, and so me, me being 22 when I was born in 1996, I was the 12th baby in medical history that they've ever seen this happen to, and so basically I'm a unicorn, and I'm, I'm happy to be here <laughs> and, and, and grateful to be alive. Um, but like I said, that syndrome left me with uh, no legs and one arm. So doing it all with no legs and one arm.
0: <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I I the first time I found out about you was actually on Ed Milet's podcast. The man. Uh, yeah, the man. He's <laughs> the best. Um, but what I loved hearing about was your parents' reaction to this diagnosis. So can you yeah. talk a little bit about that? Because it feels like <clears> that <throat> really shaped a lot of the man that you are today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so in in 1996, too, I, I think it was a totally different time. And what I mean by that is that it was more, it's more accepted to like hide, hide disabled kids, right, or put them in institutions or institutionalize them. And so at the time of my birth, um, when when the doctor said, you know, your your son is born with hand heart syndrome, and his face might be messed up, and his he's missing his legs and his arms, um, they gave me a 30% chance to live. And What my parents did is is so important, and they looked at each other and said, "Listen, we're going to focus on that thirty percent. Like we're like okay, like the seventy's there, but we're going to focus on the thirty percent." And that's kind of reinforcing the rule of like focusing on the negative will never serve you. And so my parents, you know, there was so much negativity going on. Um, Like your son won't be able to do this. We don't know if he's going to survive all this stuff. And and in the midst of that chaos, my parents were able to just stay positive and focus on that 30%. Because if you really break it down, like in any situation of life, if you focus your energy on the negative, it doesn't serve you. Like it's not empowering. And so, you know, my parents did the right thing and focused on that
0: 30%. And you, as you grew up and you, you were like, you wrestled, like, tell me, tell me all the sports and things that you did. Cause this is bananas. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I can't even wrestle. And I'm like, <laughs> and you're like over there killing it. Tell that story. Cause it's incredible.
1: Yeah, so my parents they they just threw me threw me uh you know on things or at things I should say like skateboarding and and all these different things but the wrestling came from my my brother. So my older brother who's about 5 years older than me, 6 years older than me. I never got to go to high school with him but um he would always go to wrestling matches. He was a wrestler. I always just looked up the wrestlers and so when I got into high school and I was I was in my low point, I was trying to find some way out, um my friends you know, said you should wrestle. And um, I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I I don't think I can, but I'll I'll think about it. And, you know, when you like think about an idea and then you start marinating on it and it's like more you just like think of different ways you can achieve that. And so I I got home and I was like, you know, mom and dad, I want to be a wrestler. And I always say, you know, my parents supported me in everything and anything, but this was a little bit different. And you know how moms are. She was like, oh, no, Nick, you know, wrestling is a physical sport. Like you're going to what happens if you hit your arm and your bone comes to your skin. Mm-hmm. And um, for for the listeners, what I mean by that is my right limb, which is um, below, you know, above my elbow, um, was about five inches longer than it is now. And my bone was going faster than my skin. And so my whole life, like up until then, I always, always tucked this arm. I would just hide it um, because if I would have hit my arm hard enough, my bone would have came through my skin. You know, I told my parents, I said, I, I want to be a wrestler. And they said, you know, what about your arm? And I said, can we cut it off you know can we do something about it and they were like nick you're you're so aggressive with your terms the the, the right <laughs> word is the right word is amputate not cut off i mean maybe we can talk about it if you say amputate and um but you know they always in that joking manner um but you know i told them that this is something that i really want to do and um that it would get me out get me out of my hole and so we went ahead and we we scheduled the amputation i went i went along with the process and i went out to be a JV wrestler my soft uh, my junior year and then my senior year, I was the 106 pound varsity wrestler from my high school. But um, I just, you know, I kind of have people self reflect on that. It's like, what are you willing to sacrifice? You know, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to do just for just for a taste, just for a taste of your dreams? Because I'm, I, I myself, I didn't know if I was going to be a varsity wrestler. I didn't even know if they were going to let me on the team. But you know, it's just like, what's your what's your ability to pivot? Are you exercising that muscle of like? Adapting, you know, adapting and overcoming because you know, we're gonna have a plan in our life and ninety-nine percent of the time that plan's not gonna go the way you want it to go. So it's like, are we are we exercising that muscle of pivoting?
0: So how old were you when you wanted to go out for the wrestling team and you started talking to your parents about that surgery?
1: Yeah, I was I was fifteen, sixteen years old. Um, and
0: so tell me like unpack that for me. How why is it that you think at, at that age that you had the presence to make a decision like that. I think that there are people in their thirties and forties and fifties who are paralyzed about making like much smaller decisions than, Hey, I really want to have what I think is a better quality of life. And in order to do that, I need to amputate my arm. (laughs)
1: Like
0: where, where were you thinking in that frame of mind or?
1: Yeah. You know, I think, I think it came from two things. I think the one thing that it came from was, you know my whole life i just knew things were going to be hard i always tell people that's one of my biggest advantages is like everything that i tried i fell on my face you know and so as as a young kid i always you know exercised the muscle of doing things that are hard or just having having you know boundaries in front of me or barriers in front of me and so when that came i was just like all right like this this is the solution like this is what i have to do and it was also going to you know improve my quality of life because i always had to hide my arm and it wasn't very comfortable but I think the second thing that that drove it home is, Rachel, I was in such a such a low place, and people didn't know because you know I always felt like I was the lighthouse, and and my my energy is contagious, and if people see I'm upset, then they're gonna be upset, and so I would just throw on this mask and go to school. But I was in such such a low point because, you know, like middle school and high school, not only is the most judgmental time of your life, but like girls and guys, like you know, like dating and all that stuff, like that was a huge thing, and. I just felt like no one, no one liked me. I just felt like that I was just so, so different physically that, you know, girls didn't love on me. I didn't get that love. And so I figured that if I could do something that was going to build me up, you know, that it was so worth it. Like I don't even care what the sacrifice was. I just wanted to feel comfortable in my skin. And so if that mean, you know, taking, taking the extreme and amputating some of my arm, but like that led me to the wrestling to be with my team. Right. And to be, to be labeled as an athlete and a wrestler and, And that brought my hopes up. And so I think that just in my head, I knew like, yo, this is worth it. You know, this is a, this is a sacrifice. But for me, it's just another day. You know, it's another day of doing something that, you know, people didn't think I could do or, um, calling me crazy, you know, amputating my arm.
0: Man. And you like how, tell me you're in high school, you're part of the wrestling team. How does that lead to where you are today and what your job looks like today? How do you get from there to here?
1: Yeah. So my senior year, um, you know, I was doing the wrestling thing and and it saved my life. I found, you know, the impact I have on other people. But wrestling also also gave me enough confidence to put myself out on the internet. Um and and at the time I was a senior, it was in two thousand fourteen, and that was the same time the app Vine came out. And so Vine was the app where you could post six second videos and so you know, everybody was posting these videos and they're like you know, look at this and, you know, you see an app, you're like, Oh my God, you know, I want to do that too, if you like it. And so I was like, all right, you know, I want to post funny videos. And so I was, I was thinking of an idea. I wanted to create something that was so eye catching that, you know, it had to go viral. Like there was no way this would fail. And so, you know, I'm thinking with my friends, I said, you know, what has never been done? And then I was like, how many, how many legless guys are crawling around Walmart pretending to be a zombie? Like, I don't see many like legless (laughs) pranksters out there. And they're like, dude, that's a great idea. And so, you know, I, I threw fake blood on my face. I threw fake blood on my clothes and I set out to my local Walmart in New Jersey, which Nick's not allowed in that Walmart anymore. I've been kicked (laughs) out like three times. They're like, dude, just don't come back. Um, but we set out for a victim. And so, you know, I came around the corner and I did my zombie screech. I was like, and I scared this guy and he, and he threw the paper towels at my face and I captured this video in six seconds. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, it worked. And so I posted this video and my goal you know, behind the video, I was like, man, if this reaches 500 people, 500 kids or adults, because Rachel, I knew how it felt to be like absolutely disgusted in my body. I knew how it felt to be unconfident and not feel like you're good enough. And, you know, even as we do this interview, there are millions of people listening. There are millions of kids and adults that just don't feel like they're good enough or pretty enough, whatever it may be. So I wanted to create a way where people can look on their phone and, you know, see my video, whatever I was doing and go, wow, you know, look at this kid living his best life, you know, Maybe I could be, be a little bit more confident in my situation, and so posted the video. It went super viral, gained like fifty thousand followers in a day, and that led me to starting these pranks, which I gained a million followers in under a year, and um, got hired by you know Fox to scare Norman Reedus in Tokyo, Japan. I got to do really amazing things, but I realized that it wasn't really fulfilling me anymore, and that you know when Nick has grandkids and kids, that I want them to know me for much more than crawling around Walmart. Yeah. And so I needed to do something. I needed to do something bigger and better. And so I, I actually went out to LA um, on a business venture and the show didn't get picked up and I went super broke. Um, uh, I I was sleeping on paper towels. I wasn't eating much. And um, I I refused to tell my parents I was broke. And I, I spent six months in LA just not really doing much. And so when I came home, I was I was kind of at another rock bottom, like, what are you going to do? And I looked at the fitness industry, and just like any under, any other industry, and I was like, man, there's no man with no legs and one arm. Bodybuilding, let me be that guy. Because, you know, I, I took advantage of my unicorn factor. I call it the unicorn, like, shock and all, But, like, just being a unicorn in the industry. And so I started lifting, and, and at first, you know, people made fun of me, and they're like, dude, like, how are you going to be a bodybuilder? You have half a body. And I was like, all right, well, at least my top half of my body will be more shredded than your whole entire body. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, just – not only proven other people wrong, but proof, proof to myself um, that I could do it. And so people, people started to catch on and my physique started to change. And that led me to competing and and meeting the rock and, and kind of giving me enough confidence, you know, to, to go on and do other things. And I, and I think like, you know, Ed talks about it a lot, but just keeping your word within yourself and like saying, you're going to do these little micro goals. Like you build such, such a confidence in yourself that like You're just a machine, like you're saying, you know, I'm I'm gonna do that. I say I'm gonna do it and it's gonna happen. And so I just said that I was gonna become a speaker, I was gonna become a a model and a bodybuilder. And I told everyone, I was like, guys, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I wanna let you know that I don't know what I'm doing, but I wanna show you hands-on that when you physically throw yourselves in uneasy waters, this is gonna force yourself to learn. This is gonna force yourself to figure out what you need to do to achieve your goals and and that's what I always, I always constantly bring that up because people are like, man, you, you're successful in business and, you, and you're successful modeling and all this stuff. And I tell people, like, I didn't know what I was doing, but I got into the game. And, you know, that's much more important than sitting on the, you know, the sidelines double, double, double guessing or, you know, thinking about all the reasons why you can't do something. I'd rather just throw myself in the game and figure, out, figure it out.
0: Luxury and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, when I heard you on Ed's podcast, was the first time I realized you were a speaker. And I think that day we sent a note and said, Hey, we want this guy to speak at Rise. Yeah. Uh, We're we're so, I'm so freaking excited and nobody knows. So that's the first time that anyone's even, Uh you're coming (laughs) to Rise, which is so great because we keep all of our speakers the surprise until they come out. But what I love about your story and what I'm so excited to share with, Our audience is, you know, we had, we did the event last year and we had this moment where um, we talked about body image. And I I don't know if you've seen the documentary, but um, almost the entire room stood up to the question, I hate the way I look. Wow. Not, I don't like, not, I wish I could change. I hate. And hate is a really strong word. Yeah. And I remember when that happened. I mean, there's footage of it on stage. I start crying because I'm like, I'm looking at a room full of, 800 women and, you know, 798 of them are able-bodied, healthy women and they hate themselves. And I just thought your perspective on your body image and focusing on what you're capable of and straight up like, like, oh, you don't think I can? Watch me. I was (laughs) like, we need to, we need to hear from Nick. We need some of this energy to come into this space. Like, what do you think about when you hear women, like uh, women is my example, but I guess anyone, do you ever sort of go like, are you freaking kidding me? Like you are so blessed, you're so capable and you're going to complain about, like, do you think that or do you just focus on yourself? Like, do you ever go like, shut up, you guys? Like, you
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I get, I get that question too, along the, the same lines of like, you know, like if you see people making excuses, like do you go at them and stuff? And my my approach is like I never I never come at people. I always come at them in a supportive way. I'll never be like, "Are you kidding me?" You know, because I don't want to. I just I just want to be that good guy, like good energy. And mm-hmm. so for me, um, I think like with the body image, everyone like it happens to everyone, right? Like everyone in one point of their life, like I hate the way I look. But like especially now, like we are primed to. Compare ourselves, like we are comp- com- like we are primed to compare ourselves on on social media. What what d- people's bodies look like, like it's a it's a crazy time, and so we are primed to always just pick out our flaws and pick out our weaknesses. And 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 it's funny because on some of the seminars I do an exercise where we unveil like people's strengths, and you know they're like, oh my god, like this is amazing. I'm always focused on what I'm not good at, and that's like the human the human nature is to just focus on like you look in the mirror and you start picking yourself apart. Of all the things that you hate about yourself. And so the only way to kind of come back from that is like, you need to retrain your brain to like, only focus on what what you love about yourself. Because it, it goes back to that one message in the beginning, like, any area of your life, like focusing on the negative, it, it, it's not going to serve you. And and so rather than that, like, for me, I realized like, okay, I'm in this body, you know, and there was a point where I was absolutely disgusted with my body, and I wanted to take my life and I thought it was it. But that was me attaching a negative emotion behind it, like attaching negative, negative um, sentences behind it. Right. I would think about myself and I'd be like, man, like girls don't like me because I have no legs, one arm. And I can't walk a girl to her locker and I can't hold her hand because I have one finger and I can't open her locker and I can't hold her books. All these thoughts were coming through my head, like literally. And even to this day, as a 20 year old dude, like I can be in public and I can still think about that stuff. And that's not empowering. But my whole life changed when I put in, in an empowering meaning behind my body. And my empowering meaning was, okay, Nick, you're in this body. This is the way you look. You're, you're, you're great looking. You're just missing some limbs. And, <laughs> and, and so basically, if a girl doesn't want to connect with you on an, on an intimate level, if a girl doesn't want to hang out with you or, or do things with you because of your physical body – well, then that means that your disability or whatever it is, is an organic filter. And it's filtering out the girls that you don't want in your life anyway.
0: Yes. How empowering so is good. that? So good.
1: Right? And so it's just attaching a positive meaning behind it. Because like I said, Rachel, even to this day, I can start, I can focus on all the things that I can't do, you know, mm-hmm. and that would sink me back in my hole. But instead I view to, I, I, I choose to view my body and women like that.
0: How much of how much do you think your your fitness and working out and staying healthy with your physical body helps your mental state, emotional state?
1: Oh man, it's it's everything. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of entrepreneurs and business people that, you know, they're very heavily successful in business and then they kinda lack in their health. And so the analogy I like to use, I love cars and so Say you view your body as a Ferrari, because we, we should all view ourselves as Ferraris. We're amazing. We can do amazing things. But if you're putting regular gas into a Ferrari, how is that Ferrari going to perform? Mm-hmm. It's not going to perform like a Ferrari is supposed to perform. And so people need to you know, just be more aware that our bodies are temples, right? And, and so our mind and our body are connected. And so when we're fueling ourselves with the right fuel and we're getting in the gym and moving our bodies, then we're going to perform at a much better level than rather than if your health is off right and yes. so i think it's just looking as yourself looking at f- like like fu- food as fuel like fueling yourself um but for me i, th- I mean fitness was a game changer it was the, one of the things that got me known but most importantly it was it made me feel so comfortable about my body um you know i i just wanted to be in shape and and for myself not only for other like just for other people to look at right or for fitness right but for myself like i wanted to know that i was comfortable in my skin and and i think just Anyone, like anyone starting a fitness journey, whether you're trying to lose 100 pounds, 200 pounds, whatever it may be, like humans love progress. Like we love that feeling. And so even if you're losing a little bit of weight at a time, like that is going to build you up because you see yourself moving forward. You're not moving backward. You're not stagnant. You're moving forward. And so we we get like a high off progress and it kind of snowballs. And so you just become – you become a better person you become a beast when you just work on yourself right and you, and you know yeah. how far you can push yourself in the gym mentally and physically and you know you you just get your body moving get yourself in in peak state so you know like all of us like you ed like we all love fitness right and mm-hmm. so it's it's not only the physical but it's also therapeutic right it's just a it's just to get our mind clear and and it's also a time for me I don't know about you but to just put my phone off and just like all right, like this is my time, right? This is my time to just like take it out on the weights.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it makes me feel like, uh, I don't know if you ever feel like this, but with um, having a platform like you have or I have, there is a responsibility in that and there's a weight that comes with that. Of I, I don't know if you feel like that, but there are days when I'm just like, There's a lot of people counting on me or looking to me or create this content or do this thing. And if I can, I I work out every single day of the week, even if it's just a run with my baby or, or maybe it's a really hard, um, time with the weights. But if I can do something that makes my body feel physically strong, it makes me feel mentally strong. Yeah. So when I can do something that's hard, when I have to push myself, and you know, there are some days where a pretty easy workout takes a lot because you just aren't feeling it. But it makes me feel like, look, Rachel, like, look what your body can do. Like, you're strong enough. You can handle this. You can do the things that you need to do. So I'm so adamant. I talk about it. I'm sure my peeps who hang out with me online are like, we get it. But (laughs) it is, it's the thing that fundamentally changed my life. When I, really committed to my health and and I stress this so much. I think being in great health is not about how you look, it's about how you feel. Yeah. And there are too many people who are chasing women especially who are chasing trying to look a certain way, but meanwhile they're mentally beating themselves up. And and so it's not serving them. But if you can do something in celebration of what your body's capable of instead of as punishment, which i think a lot of people approach a workout as oh i ate that thing so now i've got to go you know run ten miles yeah. um that that fundamentally changed my life
1: yeah i i think me too right cuz it was it's the base of me and i even find myself you know like you said with the platform and and kind of having you know all these eyes on you like traveling it's super hard to stay on point yes um and like i took a picture in hawaii i was like man i don't really like the way i look and then it kind of keeps me back on my game but i i, I absolutely Agree with you, and and you know, even getting into the gym, you they might even like realize, oh wow, like uh, it's better than I thought, or you know, I'm they didn't think they could push themselves that far, but they did. I think it's all just like, I think self self belief is so important. It's like so corny and so mainstream, but like self belief and everything like is is key. Like if you don't believe you can go to the gym, well, you're not going to go to the gym.
0: You know, if if you
1: don't believe you could build a business, you can't build a business. And I think the beauty behind the beauty behind life is like. Yeah, it's amazing to have, you know, millions or, or a couple friends that that support you, but hey, bottom line is the only person that ex- needs to support your vision is you. You know, yeah. like it all comes down to you and 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 that was probably the one thing that I realized early on is like no one's coming to save me. You know, like no one's coming to work out for me, no one's coming to build a business for me, no one's coming to, you know, feed me. I got to do it on my own.
0: Man, one of the things that I admire so much about you, and if y'all don't already follow Nick on—I mean, I know you're on everything, but I follow you on Instagram because it's a platform I
1: hang out on. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, But if you don't already follow him, you need to. Um, But one of the things that I so admire about you is you're always—at least it appears to me—you're always trying new stuff. You're like, oh, today I'm you know hip hop dancing. Today I'm running (laughs) on a treadmill. Today I—you're just. Always pushing yourself, and I'm curious what you would say to to listeners right now who feel stuck or afraid to try something new for fear of what other people are going to think of them if they don't do it right.
1: Oh man, yeah, I love it so yeah, for, for example, like the hip hop dancing I got like i don't know I know nothing about hip hop dancing, and so I went into this class, and I remember like immediately like right before we started the class, I said to myself, I said, all right, Nick. Like you're gonna drop your ego here, and you're just gonna play full out because like, who cares? You know, like yeah. who cares? Like who cares? And that's hard. It's it's easy to say that, right? But people are like, oh, I I do care. But like, I get a lot of people ask me like, man, I haven't found my why, or I haven't found something I'm passionate about. I tell them you haven't tried enough things. Like you you haven't you haven't experienced enough things. Like you don't know if you're gonna enjoy something if you never try it. And so you know everything now. Like I throw my like. I do it more now than I did before. I throw myself into things, like things that I've never done before. I, I, I throw myself in that because I use, like, uncomfortable situations. When I'm uncomfortable or when I'm nervous or I'm, like, kind of second-guessing myself, I use it as an anchor. And I'm like, Nick, like, you're about to level up. Like, you're about to evolve as a human being. You're going to push yourself in some way that you don't want to do, and this is going to lead to growth. And so, for, for example, like snowboarding, like, it was just an idea. And then all of a sudden we got a prototype and I was shredding down a mountain. Next thing you know, I'm doing it like it's just I would have never known if I enjoyed something, if I never tried it. And now like on my goal list, uh, like I wrote it down last night, like become a professional like Paralympic snowboarder. Like, why not? Why not? Like, you know, like, why not? And, and that's my whole that's another that's another quote of mine, like not mine, but like my kind of like mantra is like, why not? Right. Like yeah. everything. Like, why can't I do that? And I think I think most people are like I like it, it's it, it's the opposite of why not it's more like oh I can't do that right Mm -hmm. I think I just think that like the self-talk in our heads is like everything and it it, when you approach when you approach like oh I don't want to do that or that's scary like forget that like oh I'm about to level up like I'm about to get out of my comfort zone it's going to be messy but like I'm going to become a better person after this session or after this workout after this dance class I don't know I just use that stuff as, as an anchor
0: so good what do you – well, actually, I'm curious um, because the internet is sometimes mean. Do you have <laughs> trolls? Do oh, yeah. come at you? And how, how does that feel or how do you handle
1: it? Oh, yeah. So I just want to touch on the evolution of Nick and his replies <laughs> <laughs> real quick. <laughs> yes, so,
0: yes. So
1: in So the Vine days, right? So Vine, I'm an 18-year-old kid, and there are thousands of comments. I've heard every insult in the book. And what upset me the most is my parents would read them and you know my like some disgusting things <laughs> yeah. and so i just like i told my parents like don't don't read that stuff you know it's not worth it but you know as an 18 year old kid i'd go back at people and i'd be like you know oh, you know just yeah. go back and 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 match their energy but what i've realized and and i'm so i'm i'm, I'm proud of the person that I've, I've i've evolved into but now you know i've realized that like i'm very choosy of where my energy goes mm-hmm. like very like i don't have time to stoop down on that frequency anymore you know and that's the most i think that's one of the most powerful things that have happened to me even in life is just i'm very choosy of who i give my energy to and so you know these comments now it's just i it entertains me i laugh and and for the people that are out there that maybe you know commenting back to these people or whatnot like i realized that who, who am i to give like my energy to a hater and not acknowledge all these beautiful comments
0: yeah, you know,
1: like all these beautiful people, all these beautiful people that are supporting me, like, who am I to just like focus on like one troll, one 13 year old kid, you know, like, yes. and so I I just, and and, and that's how you kind of diffuse the situation is you don't feel the fire, you don't even, you don't even acknowledge them. It's like, yeah. man, I didn't, I didn't even get acknowledged. That's all they're looking for. They're looking for validation or, you know, acknowledgement. And so once you realize that, like, oh, man, like, you just move on. And And I think it's a great feeling when you, when you finally realize you're at such a frequency that like. You don't buzz down to that.
0: Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with it? Um I honestly <laughs> don't like I, it's a really interesting thing. So I don't look at comments at all, good or okay. bad. Because I feel like when I'm looking at comments that are good, I'm sort of using it as validation like okay, True. good, they liked that, I did that. And then when I see something negative, it hurts my heart and it's like, hey, you need to be able to to create your stuff and put it out in the world. And, and man, I hope it finds a home and I hope that it lifts people up. But you can't create with the intention of getting praise. Because you're you're setting yourself up for disaster, and I think that you're losing the heart of what it is that you're trying to do. So I actually just don't engage at all. I will post on Instagram, and I don't usually like the first few seconds. I might write back to a few people just because you know it makes them happy. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but after that, I just don't. I don't go on uh, because I found that the. I want to be cool and strong and tell you that I can see the comments and that I'm, you know, mature like you and that it doesn't gut me, but it does. It hurts my feelings. And I'm like, I'm trying (laughs) my best and I'm so tired. And I'm like trying to write something good um, or trying to uplift people. And someone's, you know, telling me that I'm ugly or telling me that I'm a bad writer. And, um, yeah, so I just found it's better for me if I don't engage. Um, the other thing, sometimes stuff gets through. So just, you know, yeah. someone, oh, did you hear my, you know, like you said, my family will be like, oh, did you see what this person wrote? Um, it gets I, through. I like how yeah, you <laughs> it. Yeah, it gets through. Um, and so I imagine, I like to imagine how I would explain why I'm upset to like historical figures that I admire. Like try to explain to Joan of Arc or Harriet Tubman or my grandma who's passed away. First of all, try and explain to them what the internet is. Then try and explain to them what Instagram is. Then try, like try and explain to someone who was working in the underground railroad, explain to her that people were mean to you on Instagram yeah and how freaking ridiculous it is, and how blessed you are to even have this as your complaint, and that's obnoxious, and you need to move on with your life yeah. so that's the that's perspective the right yeah, totally that's the self coaching that I do um that's a, that's great it, no i mean it's it is such an incredible tool, but I do think that it can become. This crutch if you let it. And the the interesting thing I think about navigating this space or having platforms like we do where we're trying to encourage other people is you have to still interact with other people. Like you can't harden your heart. You can't. um, I just did an interview with John Maxwell and he was just saying this, like, Rach, you can't do the work that you want to do if you don't love on people. And you can't love on people if you make yourself callous to interacting with them. So yeah. there's no way to like save yourself from the fact that just some people are going to write rude things and that is what it is.
1: Yeah, uh, you just got to ba- let it bounce.
0: Yeah. Is there do you like I always think it's interesting to talk to people who are big on motivating others. Do you have days where you feel discouraged? And how do you handle it?
1: Yeah, for sure. And 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 I think it's so powerful to let people know like you struggle. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they just think we, you know, we're energizer bunnies and we never have bad days. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah I, I have I have low days and I, I've I've analyzed and I figured out that my lowest days come from the times that I'm stagnant or, you know, kind of just maybe chilling too much. You know, life's busy, like we're traveling all over. But if I have too much time to just chill, um I kind of just get in a slump or if I don't have anything going on. And so my technique is and uh, it's it's funny because I, I hold up my one finger and I'm like, do one thing today. I'll do I'll do it at your I'll do it at your uh, your seminar. People love it. Um, sure. But it's just telling people like going back to the humans love progression. Like if you find yourself in a slump right now or in a rut or something, like I always tell people, do one thing today that you you know is gonna move you forward as a human being, and that's in any area of your life, whether that's health, right, going to the gym or eating healthy or reading a book or doing yoga or waking up, like. Do something that you just normally don't do or, or you, or you want to do that you know is going to make you into a better human being. Because I think, I think it just takes one spark of, of progress or one spark of, you know, getting moving and doing something to turn that day around.
0: I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. market.com/reach slash reach
1: and so like i said in my low days when when i'm not when i'm not feeling it i'll even like kind of self reflect on the year you know because i think also a lot of us are just going 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 and we don't give ourselves enough time to self reflect on how far we came And I think that that's super important to to reflect back on the journey and kind of, you know, uh, applaud yourself. You know, we don't do it too much, but we do it enough to just, you know, keep ourselves on on the on the on the game plan. Um, And so I do a lot of self reflecting now because I didn't I didn't do that in the past. You know, I didn't have time to smell the flower, so to say, right. I just kind of just kept going. And so now I kind of I take each day by day and and i kind of asked myself how am I, how am i feeling you know how are you feeling today like what is what is something that can make you happy or or you know what do you need to do to get yourself out of this mood but i think the one thing is just doing something like doing any little thing that is going to move you forward as a as a human being to start that like spark i but totally what what are your thoughts
0: yeah no i totally agree i am i'm very similar to you and i think that if we you know interviewed twenty five people who do this kind of work, they would they would all admit to having those kind of days. And I think that there's a chance that those of us who, who do this work actually feel that a little more deeply than maybe other people do. I think uh, I always think if you want to know what someone in personal development is struggling with, pay attention to what their last book was <laughs> <True>. <laughs> or, or pay attention to what they're posting on. Usually, what they're using to motivate other people is the thing that they struggle with. So for me, the the idea of moving your body every single day is that is how I personally have dealt with anxiety and depression in my life. Yeah. Um, but like those are two things that run really rampant in my family. And I have days where I feel – I mean I used to suffer from debilitating anxiety attacks. And um, I started running because I thought, man, I want to be able to – I want to be on the offense with these feelings instead of waiting until the anxiety attack happens and then trying to deal with it. Yeah. So I did everything that I could, changed my diet, went to therapy, all the things to learn how to deal with that in advance. And I would say it's the same thing about those low days. Uh, and they still creep up, but I am like you, I will analyze hey, what did I, what are the factors that led to this day? Am I not getting enough sleep? Did I, you know, am I going too hard? Do I need to take a mental break? Do I need to go play with my kids? Like, what are the th- what led to this? And then what are the things that I can do to get out of it? And the sucky part, if people are listening and they're like, man, yeah, I have those days. The sucky part is if you're in it, you don't want to change. Yeah. You don't want to get up. You want to lay in bed and be pissed. You want to keep scrolling Instagram. You want to stay in that state because it's really hard to pull yourself out of it. But I think the act of pushing yourself to get into a better frame of mind, if you do it over and over and over again, you can start to make that transition so much faster.
1: And I, and I think it's, it's huge just in itself, the self-awareness, right? Of knowing you're in that state. Yeah. Because a lot of people, I, I, mean, I mean, I even remember being in high school and like people are like, dude, why are you pissed off? And like my, my, my eyebrows would be like, you know, like scrunched down. You don't even know it. Yeah, And so I think like the, the, the super important part is self-awareness. And, and even for those people listening and saying, you know, how you're saying that stuff, some of the stuff runs in your family, like anxiety and stuff. Well, mm-hmm. like, that's the first step, like be pumped up that like, if you know something that is, you know, going on in your family or it happens, like first step is self-awareness, like that's the first step of like, you know, taming it, right. Taming the beast. And so yeah. just applaud yourself if, if you know, like, what what's going on and and then the next step is like ha, like what, what's the outlet right to go on the offense like you said it's moving your body for you but I just want to let people know like if if you know it like applaud yourself because self-awareness I think is huge especially not only in things that run in your family but like your state like knowing you're in a state and I always tell people as well is like if you're in a low state like you got to sit in the guck for a little bit and the yeah. reason why you got to sit in the guck for a little bit is you need to analyze how you're feeling, you're breathing, the way you're, the way you're thinking and realize, man, I don't, I don't want to feel like this. But like you you got to sit in it to know what it feels like. So you don't want to be there. You, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so take that time, sit in the guck, and then, you know, you got to get yourself out of there. But it, I think it's important to sit in the guck because you're like, man, I don't want to feel like this. Like yeah. I don't want to be in this state.
0: Yeah. Dang, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful, a that I get to be friends with you in real life. I'm <laughs> Me super too. lucky um, and I'm so grateful that listeners got to just get a little bit of your wisdom and insight today. Your energy is infectious, and your outlook is incredible. So if they are loving you as much as I do, uh, where can they hang out with you online or where should they check out more information about you, Nick?
1: yeah, so i'm I'm on Instagram, Facebook um, majority uh, Instagram and Facebook at Nick Santa um, it's the guy with the really long last name. So if you type in Nick <laughs> Santo, it'll pop up, and then like my my website's just booknicksanto dot com.
0: Yep. Um,
1: and then I got some got some things in the work coming up in the I future. I do. Um, we,
0: uh, yeah we, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: that too. I'm gonna shock the world on that, but we we just. Um, we're coming out. I, I traveled all around the world and and basically, like I said, I'm not a fan of like dictating. You know, like I don't want to say like you do this and do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wanted to be out in the field, and so I actually traveled all around the world and kind of filmed this this mindset program that we're working on. But it's just a cool way to paint the picture and and you know I think that's the best way to teach is just painting pictures and make it really simple for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the 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 training program and one uh, of know it's cool um real quick if we have if we have some time yeah, of course. um you know like how how we're saying about like self belief is so important um i I wrote my book I didn't think I would be able to write a book first off, and so anyone out there who, who's like man i don't know if I could write a book like you could write a book, you just gotta believe in it <laughs> and um but but I wrote a book and then i actually i actually pushed my mom to write a book too, and oh, she right. didn't yeah, she didn't think she could she didn't think she could write a book and it's such, you know, like I I'm smiling because it's just so great to like someone that like, they don't, they don't think they could do it. And then they do it, you know, like mm-hmm. my mom loves reading. Like she, she could read like millions of books, but she was like, I don't know if I could write. And it found out after she wrote the book, like, she's like, I love writing Nick. Like mm-hmm. she, she thanked me for like kind of like opening up a passion for her. That's um, because so cool. it's, it's, it's an outlet of way, whether it's journaling or writing a book, but, um, uh, I got my mom to write the book and, um, it's more of like perspective on the parent side because i think you know people people see me and they're like man like um it's great how your parents raised you i think it's i think it's powerful to see like what did the parents do you know yeah. like how how do you deal with that and um if you don't mind me saying the title it's up to oh, you of course, but i of course, i love the title um my mom's book which which it'll be out by by the time this this thing is out but it's born to break the boundaries how we how we raise an adaptive child in a handicapped world. Mm, so and good. I just think that's so important um, because there's a lot of parents, but like perspective is everything, right? I just like – I feel like gratitude and perspective are the main things that I just like – these will ground you, you know? It's mm-hmm. all about the way you look at life. And so I told my mom, I'm like, mom, mom and dad, like you don't – like people want to meet you at the meet and greets. Like, you know, like I'm cool, but like you guys are cool. Like I wanted to show them like – how much they do for the world. And they don't even know, right? Like we don't even know the trickle effect of things, but I just wanted to enlighten them. And so it's just an amazing thing. I was like, mom, like people love this. They, they, they just want to hear your perspective. And so I finally pushed my mom to write the book and she did. So, so I'm just, cool. I'm good job, mom. I'm proud of you. Yeah, Born to break the job, boundaries. Mama. Yeah. She's
0: coming, she's coming to rise, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm going to get her it, there it. for sure. Perfect perfect it's gonna be a party exactly everyone's coming to rise um hey man thank you so much for your time and your energy and for showing up every freaking day of your life and inspiring all of us
1: i appreciate you i am i'm just we're it's funny because we're both fans of each other we just love each other and so i'm just i'm just like i said i'm grateful for the opportunity and you know i'm I'm just grateful to not only be a a friend but to be a student and just learn from you and, and the ways you're crushing life
0: More than just this podcast, which means that the next time you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, be sure and type Rachel Hollis into the search bar and check out all the fun things we have going on on your favorite platform. Hey, you guys, if you like the Rise or Rise Together podcast, you're going to love my monthly live coaching series. What
1: did you just say?
0: I'm doing a coaching series. I'm I'm like your favorite coach, but with hair extensions and eyelash extensions and a pension for Beyonce. What kind of coaching... Are you coaching? Okay, thank you for asking. There's actually two different classes. One is life coaching. Those are for people who want to work on their relationship, their health, their personal, all the personal stuff. And then there's something I'm really excited about, business coaching. I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years. I'm really proud of the company that I've built, and I want to share that wisdom with you. So if you own a small business and you want to dig into how to do social media, how to find new clients, how to grow your revenue base. This is how we're going to do it.
1: I bet they can get more info at holisco.com.
0: You sure are right, buddy. You can watch videos about what the coaching series is all about, how you join in, and what is included with your membership.